Welcome to High Heels in Politics, the podcast where we talk with the leaders of Ohio and beyond. And now, your host, Marianne Christie. Are you ready to plan a vacation or perhaps a weekend retreat, but you're not sure where to go? High Heels in Politics is one of Ohio's top podcasts, and our listeners today will hear how the Ohio Department of Development showcases Ohio as one of the nation's major tourist attractions from the shores of Lake Erie to the Ohio River with its amusement centers, water park, sports, historical attractions. How about camping, fishing, and its array of breweries and wineries? Ohio's the heart of it all with its 75 state parks to big city amenities is your getaway. Ohio has a large number of attractions, including some that can only be seen or visited in Ohio with its picturesque natural attractions at state parks, its rich cultural preservation of the world's largest Amish community, and the world's largest and oldest military aviation museum, the United States Air Force Museum. How about Pro Football Hall of Fame or the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? That's just to name a few. As the host of High Heels and Politics, Marianne Christie, you will hear about these from Lydia Mihalik, the director of the Department of Development. An internship during her study at the University of Findlay helped her realize her interest in politics and government. Upon graduating, she began a job at the city of Findlay and then was the first woman elected mayor. Governor DeWine named Mayor Mihalik to the governor's cabinet position. Director Mihalik's work is to support and develop economic opportunities across Ohio. Tourism is an important agency at the department by generating billions of dollars to the Ohio Treasury and creating jobs. Director Mihalik, you have a major job in maintaining these important attractions. So let us begin with why tourism is a part of the Department of Development. First of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. Look, tourism isn't just really big fun in the state of Ohio. It's really big business. And it generates some tremendous economic benefits to Ohio households and businesses and local governments by contributing to employment and state and local tax revenues. We promote tourism, the tourism industry, on on a daily basis here because it has a huge impact on Ohio's thriving urban areas, our suburban areas uh, across the state, our charming towns, and quite frankly, uh, everywhere in between. Specifically in 2022, visitor spending in Ohio reached a record $53 billion, and that was up 13% from 2021. So we're really proud uh, of the industry. It supports more than 424,000 full-time jobs. What we do at Tourism Ohio is really try to create awareness of the state's distinctive attractions uh, and destinations, and we want to encourage visitation overall. 
there's a great return on our investment every year that we have here at the Department of Development and Tourism. And really, there's a meaningful business case uh, for the tourism marketing angle. And our research tells us that the more time that people spend in Ohio, the more that they can picture themselves making a life here. And we're really excited uh, about the opportunity. Uh, And so what we need uh, with our current demographic trends, which are going down, unfortunately, but not unlike most states in the Midwest, we want to increase our migration into the state of Ohio. And migration actually starts, in most cases, with a visitation. So we are doing everything that we can to make sure that we can promote the state of Ohio as the best place to visit. The state has many nature parks, treasury of activities like Hawken Hills, stunning rock formations, Ludu zipline and canoeing. Talk about the amenities that benefit not only the tourists, but the residents. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Ohio is the heart of adventure, right? So whether it's boating or fishing or kayaking or hiking, Ohio's great outdoors is certainly something that people love to explore. And the great news is that most Ohioans actually live within an hour of one of our great state parks. And Ohio is only one of just seven states that charges no entrance fees to get into our state parks. So they're open and they're free, which Governor DeWine loves uh, to talk about on a consistent basis. Hocking Hills uh, State Park actually welcomes more than three million visitors every year. So it's a great place to visit. It was actually named a best place to travel by Forbes just this year in 2023. The way that we look at places like Hocking Hills State Park and others is that the industry, the tourism industry, is so vital for small businesses across our great state. It's an area where these folks are responsible for amenities like canoe rentals and kayak rentals, the zip line attractions that you were referencing earlier. Of course, restaurants, some really well-known small town restaurants, and then cabin rentals and those things like that. But look, uh, the, the state parks are a great place to visit and find adventure in our state. And many of these state parks have lodges, and people rave about these lodges. Yeah, they absolutely do. In fact, if you haven't been to the brand new Hocking Hills State Park Lodge, it just opened last fall, and it allows guests to really enjoy the park in a really comfortable setting. We just had our entire team, the governor's team, there last fall for a retreat. It was a wonderful environment. It's really beautiful. It's not exactly what you would think of as a place that you would find at a state park. And it's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, kudos to Director Mertz and her team for pulling off a fantastic location. And generally, the prices are better than at major hotels. And the, many of these state parks are really a four or five star hotels. Yeah, that's lodges a, are really. That's absolutely right. It's like going to a, a really nice resort, and you're doing it in beautiful Ohio's nature setting. So I would encourage if you haven't had a chance to test out one of our state park lodges, specifically Hocking Hills, you got to go check it out. It's absolutely gorgeous. There's another great thing about Ohio. It's all of its amusement parks and water parks. 
So you want to talk about the names of these amusement parks? Sure, absolutely. So we're incredibly proud of our two world-famous, world-renowned amusement parks. With Cedar Point in Sandusky, Ohio, up on our north coast, it's the second oldest amusement park in North America. It actually just celebrated its 150th anniversary. And then, of course, uh, Kings Island down in the southern part uh, of the state towards Cincinnati there in Mason. It just celebrated its 50th anniversary. And Kings Island just recently won the Publishers Pick Park of the Year by Amusement Today. So not only are they great, historic, incredible amusement parks, but they're award-winning. And we're really happy that they're here in Ohio. New this season, I'm told, and I haven't made the trip with my kids yet, but it will happen here very soon. But new this season for Cedar Point is actually the boardwalk. It's a modern day take on the Cedar Point experience of yesteryear. And with the new Wild Mouse spinning roller coaster, I will not be partaking, but my children will. And then Cedar Point's Grand Pavilion, which apparently is this new multi-story dining venue. I think it's all about making the experiences holistic, not just a great place to go and enjoy thrilling rides, but a great place to go and enjoy some great food and fun and entertainment as well. So super excited about both Cedar Point and Kings Island. And then water parks, Zumbezi Bay here in Columbus is a member, of course, the Columbus Zoo family of parks. It's an amazing water park right here in central Ohio and uh, something that you can take the family to right after you get done visiting the Columbus Zoo and Aquarium, but another exciting place to visit this summer here in, in the state of Ohio. We mentioned Kings Island. We also have the that Great Wolf Lodge. Absolutely. That is a major attraction to for families. Now, talking about southwest Ohio, Mason, Ohio had a historic professional tennis tournaments that brought players from around the world, and we almost lost it. Talk about what, how did you say, help save it? Oh, goodness. Look, the the Western and Southern Open has a storied history. It was held at the Linder Family Tennis Center in Mason, and it began in 1899 and is the oldest pro tennis tournament still being played in its original City, And we're very proud of the Western Southern Open. And 2024, next year, will actually be its 125th anniversary. And we are uh, currently in process, uh, the state of Ohio, in partnership with the locals there in southwest Ohio with the, the city of Mason and Warren County. We have been working uh, to make sure that they know that we want to support them both financially and other ways. And the city of Mason actually received an earmark in the state budget for $22.5 million to support the Western and Southern Open Tennis Tournament. And of course, there's also some really significant local support to the tune, I think, of almost about 22, almost $25 million between both the city of Mason and Warren County as well. And we have met with local stakeholders and BMA Capital, which is the new group that owns the tournament site. We've discussed their budget. We've talked about their vision. And we totally support what they're looking for. And we want them to make sure that they know 
that we want them to keep the Western and Southern Tournament there in the Cincinnati region. It's a huge asset for our state. It attracts not just hundreds of thousands of visitors to the area. I think they estimate a little over 200,000. But as a Masters 1000 level tournament, I'm learning a ton about tennis right now. So it's right up there with Indian Wells and the Miami Open and the Italian Open in Rome and the Madrid Open. So it also highlights Cincinnati and the state to viewers in well over 100 countries around the world. So it's a really big deal. It's really important to Governor DeWine, Lieutenant Governor Husted, the state legislature, and the locals. And so we want to make sure that growing tournament, as it's going from one week to two weeks, continues to remain right there in southwest Ohio. It is very important. I live in Cincinnati. There is another fascinating underground world here in Ohio. It's called the Ohio Cavern. Where is this? (laughs) Sure. The Ohio Caverns are actually located in Champaign County near West Liberty. And it's about equal distance between Columbus and Dayton. And they are known as America's most beautiful or most colorful caverns. It's open all year round, so it's not a specific season that you have to go to visit. And it's a really great example of another unique educational and historic attraction that is here in Ohio. And there's more than just the Ohio caverns. We have many other geological wonders across the state. Olentangy Caverns there in Powell. We've got Seneca Caverns in Bellevue. You can go up to Lake Erie and you can see the glacial grooves that just got some all new signage and some fencing from our friends at ODNR. Crystal Cave is a must-see if you're up in Putin Bay this summer. So lots of exciting things that you can do. And of course, we go back to Hocking Hills. You can see the caves there. And then Nelson Kennedy Ledges State Parks up by Akron as well are also known for their incredible geological features. Ohio, besides such things as parks and nature parks and water parks, has great museums and are known for their extensive art collection from around the world. Where are some of these major museums? Ohio's art museums are so important for sharing and inspiring the heart of creativity in the state of Ohio. We've got the Cincinnati Museum of Art that currently has a exhibition called Picasso Landscapes Out of Bounds, and it's showing through October. The Cincinnati Art Museum is celebrating the legacy of the 50th anniversary of the death of Pablo Picasso. So you have to go there to Cincinnati to check that out. And then coming in October, we've got the Columbus Museum of Art that is going to have Accra, uh, which is the rise of global art, the global art community, which is showcasing the work of 19 artists who have some deep connections to Accra there and Gahana, right? Yeah, Ghana. I'm sorry. I said that wrong. (laughs) The art museums are so incredibly important to the state of Ohio. And so We, in uh, just this last year, uh, the Ohio Arts Economic Relief Grant Program was created to be able to support our performing arts organizations and our operators of cultural arts museums in the state of Ohio. The money was really used to help defray the organizations or operators' operating expenses. A lot of them had expenses that were left over from COVID that they weren't able to be able to recoup. 
And so the state legislature, along with the administration, wanted to make sure that we could be of assistance. And so these organizations got some assistance, some well-needed assistance to make sure that they could be continued inspiration in their communities. And we're really excited about what the future holds for them. Native Americans played an important role in Ohio. And Ohio is poised to get the prestigious UNESCO designation for the Hopewell Ceremonial Earthworks. Why are these ceremonial and Native American burial sites so important? These sites are important not only to help preserve Ohio's history, but they're part of our nation's history, right? The excavations of these mounds have revealed a a really wide variety of numerous, really finely crafted objects. Many of the materials from other regions, such as the Great Lakes Basin, the Blue Ridge Mountains, the Caribbean, and the Yellowstone Basin. And the earth walls of these enclosures are among the largest earthworks in the world that are not fortifications or defensive structures. If you don't know a lot about these ceremonial earthworks, the Hopewell Ceremonial Earthworks, it's worth some further investigation. It's interesting we say Ohio is the heart of it all. And we, this is a, a fairly new designation that we have just recently been talking about. But the theme, the heart of it all, actually goes back thousands of years, like 2,000 years ago. So the presence of these artifacts that were found from these far distant sources that I was just talking about, especially of the materials that were not widely traded 2,000 years ago, indicates that these sites were important ceremonial centers that interacted with communities in much of eastern North America. So we're super excited about the potential designation and looking forward to its outcome here soon. That's quite an honor to get the UNESCO designation. Now, we also talk about other uh, groups of people. Historical sites such as the National Underground Railroad Freedom Center, the Dayton Aviation Heritage, the Ohio Historical Center. Tell us how all this interplays also is a tourist attraction. I know it's no secret to you, Marianne, that Ohio has such a fascinating, rich history of innovators and pioneers in science and culture and politics. And the National Underground Railroad Freedom Center there in Cincinnati is the preeminent learning center and invaluable institution that we are so privileged to have here in the state of Ohio. And as Ohio and the Ohio River was such a vital destination on the Underground Railroad, the museum's home on the Ohio River is actually very fitting. Of course, the, the Ohio is the birthplace of aviation. We are very proud of that fact and will defend it very fiercely. The National Aviation Heritage Area in Dayton is a fantastic region of Ohio to explore. And so along with those museums and sites, such as the Dayton Aviation National Historic Park, and the Aviation Trail Parachute Museum. There are so many things that you could do in the Dayton region to help explore and celebrate Ohio as the birthplace of aviation. And then, of course, you can go to the Ohio History Center here in central Ohio, and it's a wonderful museum that's dedicated to preserving Ohio's history. We've got the Ohio Village, which is another great place. It's amazing. It's a completely interactive park just outside the Ohio History Center, 
that depicts life in Ohio in the 19th century. You can hear stories from, from the performers that are there about life in Ohio. You can tour buildings, take part in some of those 1890s activities. You can take a look at magazines and periodicals, take a look at the heirloom garden and play with toys uh, from the area. It's a kind of a fun family yeah. thing to do. But the Ohio History Connection is great partners uh, with us here at Development. They help us with our Ohio Historic Preservation Tax Credit Program. Without them, we would not be able to make sure that we can preserve the, the character of Ohio's historic buildings. So we're great friends over at the History Connection. We've talked a great deal about groups that have played a role in Ohio's history. But if I'm a tourist, golfing might be, mm-hmm. is an important role to me. Talk about the golfing industry here and what the department does to promote these events. Sure. So in 2021, Tourism Ohio actually created the Ohio Professional Golf Trail, which helped highlight the six professional tournaments that were happening in Ohio that particular year. And really, the goal was to drive ticket sales. We wanted to have attendance. We wanted awareness about Ohio and all of its great golf courses, not just to go and watch a great professional golf tournament. Uh, You could go and play there, or there are a lot of other great golf courses across the state as well. And we held a virtual media briefing featuring organizers of the Memorial Tournament, We had the Solheim Cup up in Toledo uh, that year. And then, of course, we had Jack Nicholas II there. And the tournaments that we were highlighting in 2021 were the Memorial Tournament in Dublin, the Prasco Charity Championship in Cincinnati, the Bridgetone Senior Players Championship, which is now the Colleague Companies Championship in Akron. We had the Dana Open in Toledo, of course, the Nationwide Children's Hospital Championship here in Columbus, and then the Solheim Cup, as I said, in Toledo. We had some great success uh, with those professional golf tournaments. We had a lot of great feedback. I know we had a ton of visitors. The weather was great uh, for most of the tournaments. And so I think what it showed was that you didn't have to be in other parts of the country to enjoy uh, professional golf. Ohio was a destination to come and watch all of these amazing players, both men and women enjoy the game. And then when you were done watching uh, those professional players, you could go and try your hand uh, at a great golf course around the state of Ohio. So we love golf here in the state. And uh, And a lot of golf courses are not very expensive. Correct. To help tourists to want to come and enjoy the picturesque scenery, etc. That's right. And the great part about Ohio is that we've got a variety of topography, right? So whether you're looking for some flat land uh, to play golf at or whether you're looking for a little more hilly adventure. There are a lot of great public golf courses, that public or private golf courses, that you can enjoy here in the state of Ohio. Another thing that would uh, draw tourists is that Ohio has attracted major film production. Mm -hmm. The Shawshank Redemption, filmed at the Mansfield Reformatory, is today a popular site for ghost hunters and paranormal enthusiasts and welcomes hundreds of visitors. Other films have been traffic. You want to talk about how Ohio has become this great place to <laughs> shoot films? Yeah, absolutely. So I think we, we've been working very intentionally with the industry over the last several years 
to really make Ohio a, a great place to come and, and film your feature your feature films. And some of the scenes from the 2023 Tom Hanks movie, A Man Called Otto, were filmed in the Cleveland area. You'd be amazed at how many films are actually shot in Cleveland and in Cincinnati. From that movie, the Cuyahoga Valley National Park and the Cuyahoga Valley Scenic Railroads, Brecksville Station were used. And of course, in 19, uh, the 1983 movie, A Christmas Story was partially shot in Cleveland. And of course, that a house nearby now serves as a museum and a gift shop where people can visit and see props from the movie. Other movies that were filmed in Ohio include Air Force One in Cleveland, Speak in Columbus, The Ides of March, of course, in Cincinnati, and then The Avengers and Captain America Winter Soldier up in Cleveland. We actually have a motion picture tax credit program that just this week we announced the award of $36 million in tax credits. And the program actually provides a refundable tax credit of up to 30% on the production cast and crew wages and other in-state spending for eligible productions that are shot here that include not only feature-length films that we just talked about, but also documentaries, some pre-Broadway productions, miniseries, video games, but also music videos. So there's a lot going on in this particular space, and we love that Ohio is the heart of production here and excited about what we're going to do to continue to increase the use of our great state. Let's talk about festivals and events that showcase cultural diversity and artistic talents. Like Finley Market in Cincinnati has just been named one of the top public markets in the U.S. Your department has travel newsletters and a website. How can listeners get this information to help them plan trips? The first thing you can do is go to Ohio.org and learn more about the ways that you can plan your next adventure in Ohio. We've got a travel guide that you can order. We'll be happy to ship you one so that you can feel it in your hands, but you can also get it online and you can have it digitally. Ohio is home to a wide variety of festivals and events each year. Actually, today, August 4th, is the start of the sixth annual Toledo Jeep Fest. Of course, Toledo is the home of the Jeep. A lot of Ohioans and Americans and actually other people across the world drive a Jeep, a different type of Jeep, of course, which sees this particular festival actually sees more than 70,000 attendees from across the globe that love to celebrate Jeep's rich history here. And of course, we want to make sure that they have a bright future in Jeep country. Last week, we saw another fantastic and successful Nelsonville Music Festival in Southeast Ohio, which has been called a, quote, best kept secret by Billboard and is one of the best in the Midwest by Time Out Chicago. So a great place to go and hear some incredible music. It not only brings the region out, but people come from all over the Midwest to hear and be a part uh, of the festival. And of course, we are starting the last weekend of the always wonderful Ohio State Fair, which showcases the very best of Ohio every single year. It's Governor DeWine's favorite event. It's got to be. He and the First Lady absolutely love the State Fair. The historic Butter Cow is displaying the highlights of Ohio's innovative legacy as the, the birthplace of many notable inventors. If you didn't know, of course, Thomas Edison, 
and Garrett Morgan, who invented the stoplight. So lots of exciting things. We've got multiple hot air balloon festivals. There's one here in a couple weeks in my hometown of Findlay, which we're excited about, but there's one also in Marysville and then Ravenna in September. Tomorrow is the Ohio River Paddle Fest in Cincinnati, which is the nation's largest paddling celebration with 2,000 participants traveling up to nine miles in canoes and kayaks. There is something to do almost every weekend here in the great state of Ohio. Lydia, you brought up Fran DeWine, and we haven't talked at all about her wonderful storybook trails in the state parks. Let our listeners know what a wonderful thing this is for children. Absolutely. The First Lady has a real passion, obviously, uh, for children and for reading. One of her initiatives, one of her main initiatives that she's been focused on is this Dolly Parton Imagination Library of Ohio. She's done a fantastic job. We've got more books uh, to children in the state of Ohio than any other state in the country. And one of the ways that we're really celebrating and engaging children to get inspired to read and to be a part of the program are these storybook trails. There are more than a dozen of them in Ohio's great state parks across the state. You can access them at any point in time. They're, of course, they're free. But it's been a really great thing that she's been working with, with the Ohio Department of Natural Resources on. It's just ex- really exciting and so precious. And it's something that you can walk with your children around and read a book. And so get some activity and some exercise, but also enjoy the love of reading together. It's interesting that that whole idea of the storybook trails. Mm-hmm. I just find it fascinating. In closing, just read that Ohio will be the best place in April of 2024 to watch the total solar eclipse. That's right. It's going to be a total eclipse of the heart of it all in Ohio. Actually, in Ohio, the point of the greatest duration for the total solar eclipse will be up in Avon Lake, Ohio, which is in Lorain County. That's about 23 miles west of Cleveland. So Avon Lake is, what, uh, the northern part of it's, the state? It's on the northern part of the state, so up on by Lake Erie, right? So there are many state uh, and local businesses that have been working together for more than a year plus to make sure that they have plans so that everyone that's coming to view the eclipse, because as you can imagine, this is going to be a really big event, but they want to make sure that everyone uh, that comes to view the eclipse can safely enjoy this really exciting event and enjoy their visit uh, to the state of Ohio. In some instances, some of these communities are going to double and triple in size. There are many hotels and museums uh, across the state that are hosting some special events and viewing uh, parties along the path of totalities from the, the western side of the state all the way up through Avon Lake and up. There will be uh, lots of things to do and enjoy. And the eclipse actually, I think, is going to happen on a Tuesday. So the, a lot of these communities are encouraging people to come in for the weekend and like, spend a, a three or four day period. Maybe it's a Monday or Tuesday. It's a long weekend. And so uh, there's been a lot of things happening. The one thing I will say is that if you're planning to drive up and maybe stay for the weekend, I would reserve your room quick uh, because a lot of the hotels along the path for the eclipse as it travels are already booked up. So it's going to be a sight to see. It's a really exciting thing uh, for the state of Ohio, but we're, we're excited to be a part of it. 
Thank you, Lydia, for as the director of the Department of Development. Our high heels and politics listeners now have an appreciation of the vast state's diverse travel offerings. Your work has had a tremendous impact associated with the tourist industry. So again, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I love what I do. I love serving with Governor DeWine, Lieutenant Governor Husted. It's been a blast. High Heels and Politics is produced by Marianne Christie and Ryan Kulik. Engineered by Ryan Kulik. Music by Sherrod Sate. Subscribe to High Heels and Politics on Google, Apple, Spotify, and all of your podcast networks.